The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. Joining us this morning for round one, Vas Bednar, Executive Director of the MPP and Digital Society at McMaster University. Toronto lawyer Courtney Betty of Betty's Law. And right here in the studio, Jerry Agar, our very own Jerry Agar, of course, on from 10 until 12 uh, each weekday. Good morning to you all. Hey, good morning, John. Can we start with what I was just talking to Teresa DiFelice about, which is a national study undertaken by the CAA uh, that says Canadians are deeply concerned. And I, I don't find this surprising in light especially of the advent of Waze and GPS generally that directs people off busy streets and onto side streets. And of course, once they get there, they speed like they do everywhere else. Uh, and it's something that's really of concern to people in terms of their safety, the safety of their kids and so on. And I guess the, the answer isn't, you know, is that happening? The, the question is, isn't, isn't happening. The question is, what do we do about it? Avas, is there any measure that we're not undertaking that we should in order to make well, neighborhoods safer and stop the speeding on the smaller streets? Well, we're seeing the growth of automation here, right? Uh, more kind of the automatic detection of, of who's speeding and people getting a ticket and that's sort of being socialized and, and people kind of have acceptance with it. You know, I think there's a macro question here around should cars be able to go excessively over a speed limit in certain zones you know can we imagine a future where uh, our vehicles are in communication with the coding of the law and don't excessively exceed them because we've put a lot of trust in drivers but that doesn't seem to be working out you know it's a very interesting uh, thing you say because uh, and it's a ridiculous kind of analogy i'll draw but it's just a factual one they set okay. golf carts uh, on golf courses now because there's such a variety of people driving them on golf courses where technology actually slows the golf cart down and in some cases disables it from moving forward in places where you're not supposed to be. It's, it's, I mean, it's another crazy analogy, but it's like those electric fences you can put up to keep dogs in a property. There are ways in which you can use technology to affect how um, a, a vehicle would operate. And I don't know if we'll get to it, but you could literally probably put technology in place one day not too far away where a car just couldn't go, you know, more than 30 kilometers per hour if that was the speed uh, because of technology just saying it can't. But Jerry, you'd probably find that to be a scary proposition to have that sort of thing put in place. Well, the thing that popped into my mind as you were talking about that is why I stopped going to the go-kart track because they limit the speed on that thing and it ticked me off. Uh, because oh, I to stop you from killing yourself or somebody else, Jerry. No, I need to get to the finish line before my sons. Ah, I see. Well, I know that's important to you. Yes, I turn it into <laughs> a contest. Anyway. Well, as I get older, more and more, I lose these contests against God my kids. So, you know, that's but that's on a that's on a different plane. I, I like the idea that Vaz mentioned of uh, the traffic cameras. We were talking about it yesterday and then i hear from all of these idiots who are proud of themselves because they oh i go out and i spray paint the camera well you should be arrested and put in prison as far as i'm concerned uh because the irresponsible people on the roads cause death um and and i understand people don't want uh, individuals speeding through their neighborhood if they're using the neighborhood because the road has got you know and they just drive at a normal speed fine it's a public road it doesn't belong to the neighbors if you want to drive through a neighborhood you have the right to do so but you don't have the right to barrel through it um, two times the speed limit or something. So put up the traffic cameras. I think that's the better way to do it. Yeah, although, Courtney, I will say when Jerry says, you know, you have the right to drive anywhere, whether it's right or wrong, the city government has in some of these cases where there's a risk that a sort of residential street can be turned into a throughway at rush hour, prohibited traffic. They literally say you can't go down here at certain hours of the day. Is that part of the answer for this, uh, in addition to maybe some of the uh, technology of the future that Vass uh, made reference to? 
I, I, lo- I love Vaz's suggestion. Um, you know, you could also think about school zones, right? We have areas that are designated school zones. Um, the the speed the the cost of driving above the speed limit in these areas are sometimes double, and so that gives a lot of thought to people. But John, there's a bigger underlying issue here. We have this incredible traffic issue in our city. These individuals are taking these routes because the ones that they normally should be taking are clogged. So until we deal with that issue, then the problem is going to continue on you know uh, for the near future. Yeah, I mean, look, I entirely agree. And having uh, admitted, which I have on this very radio station, that it was an area that I did not make as much progress as I would have liked and as I'd hoped to, um, you know, there are different problems that create that, which include the lack of transit, which is now being built but causing congestion while it's getting built. It includes the extraordinary amount of construction that had been postponed on new water mains and stuff for years and years. And it even relates to our next uh, uh, subject to, to be discussed here this morning, which is noise. Um, I would like to have uh, been able to run a city government that had all the construction going 24-7 so you could get things done a lot faster. But the reality is you can't because a lot of these projects happen very close to neighborhoods and condo towers and so on. And it isn't fair to stop people from sleeping, uh, you know, by having construction going on all the time. Uh, The most frequently cited complaints about noise are amplified sound, mostly music, construction, uh, and vehicles that make too much noise. Uh, There's a report out suggesting, frankly, pretty meek uh, staff being taken in the direction of doing something about that. Um, is this an area, Jerry, where even you uh, would be prepared to accept more government intervention, more enforcement, stricter limits on this kind of noise, uh, in, even in a big city, just so that we can preserve quality of life? Well, as a matter of fact, it was a topic on the show back when you were mayor and talking about 24-7 construction. And so we took it up on the show, and I'm thinking about, okay, so I'm going to have a construction project in my neighborhood that's going to cause all kinds of disruption to traffic and all of that. And I thought, I'd rather short-term deal with the noise and get it done. And this is just me. I mean, other people, maybe not, but I would just deal with it, get it done, move on, do another project. That's kind of how I look at it. It's funny. When I went as mayor to open the new ramp that was built off the Gardner Expressway, uh, and and it it, it was very noisy and there's condos all around it. And I asked people, the residents who were out for the ribbon cutting, I said, were you happier that we did 24-7 and disrupted your sleep a bit and got it done faster? And they said yes. Yeah. You know, well, that was the project like we were talking You'd about. You'd rather get the pain over with right. uh, sooner. Uh, is that something you would agree with, Vass, that, that uh, you know, that's one of the answers to this, is to have more 24-7 construction, even though it causes more noise in the short term? Or uh, do you think that, you know, what is the answer to having, I mean, we don't expect Algonquin Park here, but at the same yeah. time, there is a limit to how much noise you can put up within a big city. You know, it's really tricky because, yeah, I think in a city, people have expectations of noisy life. I think there are ways you can mitigate how much you hear, uh, depending on where you live. Um, But also people with children, people with babies. I think about the noise that was very disruptive during the convoy in Ottawa and what that was like for people to kind of sustain a different type of noise, for sure. Um, But I think we should be... I agree that we should be able to do 27, 24-7 construction in certain areas, and maybe there's a consent element where people have a bit more agency, and if you can build a consensus, then you go forward. I mean, people want to see the city continue to evolve and improve. Last word on noise. Courtney, to you. Well, you know, even if we were to look at that, John, I think it's a great idea. How do we extend the construction? You know, there's people are saying, well, we shouldn't be picking up garbage late at night. Well, what do you do? Do you pick it up during the day? Just 
small issues like that. But the reality of it is this is our downtown now. So whether it's construction or other things, it is noisy. It is just the nature of the game. And, uh, you know, the the buildings have to now start thinking of building uh, windows that are going to be you know, greater soundproof because it is the reality of the downtown core. That's right, Jerry. You want a last word on this. Normally, you would have just said in response to this, if you want quiet, go live in Kappa's casing. Well, there's a certain element to that. I was just listening this morning to a song that came to mind as I was thinking about this subject by Neil Diamond. He was sitting in his apartment in New York City, opened the window and thought, and, and he wrote the song called A Beautiful Noise. What a beautiful noise coming up from the street. You live in the city. Embrace it or leave it. All right. On that note, a, a good, solid Jerry Agar uh, intervention. Uh, and, and maybe this ties into the next one, too, which is partly transportation related. They're saying the the Western frog, I think that's what it's called. I think I have in my notes here, uh, may well as an endangered species uh, hold up or in other, in, other, in other ways obstruct the construction of Highway 413. And people have different opinions on that highway. But Doug Ford campaigned on it and got a, a, a mandate in his election. Should the existence of a species like that hold up a major infrastructure project? Or do we have to come to some balance on that? Cartney, we'll start with you on this one. Well, I reached out to a, a, another lawyer, Vivette Miller, who's familiar with this area. And it was kind of interesting, John, because I think if we can find a way to preserve, that's our goal, is to preserve the species. But the reality of it is now, our society is changing, and there are going to be sacrifices that are going to be made. You know, it, it's a tough decision, but transportation is key for the development of our city right now. And, and Vass, I mean, you are probably in a slight, I don't want to age any of the rest of us prematurely, but you're probably mm. in a slightly different generation than the other three. Too of late. Us here. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> but Vass, are, are there other people out there, perhaps generationally, who might take a different view and say, well, look, not to focus it on the frog in particular, but you've got to have more regard for nature and for the natural habitat when you're building these big projects. Uh, that's just the way you're going to have to be going forward to be more considerate of that. You know, a lot of the cartoons I watched growing up, Captain Planet, uh, the Smurfs and the Smoggies were oriented around protecting the environment. So yeah, maybe, maybe it had an effect. I mean, look, the, these small ponds, small temporary ponds seem really important to this tiny and adorable frog. And regardless of how we, we may or may not move forward with this highway, uh, the way the climate is changing is further threatening this species. So having a bigger conversation around what we should do with this animal in particular, but also other animals that might be at risk in Ontario, I think is super important. Jerry, I was willing to take bets or make bets if we'd had time to do that here on the radio station as to what you might say about what relationship there should be to the proceeding of the 413 highway and the western frog. Well, not being an amphibiophile, I don't know much about this frog. <laughs> I would like to point out a generational difference since you started with that. Uh, Vaz, the cartoons I watched growing up were centered around bonking the other guy on the head. Uh, that's the only cartoons John and I watched. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, here's the problem I have. I don't know enough about the frog to be able to say whether th this is a crisis or it isn't. But I wonder, I'm just asking, is this somebody just trying to take advantage? We don't want that highway. Oh, look, there's a frog there. Let's say it's all about the frog. I suspect there's an element of that. 
Yeah, and, and the, the question becomes, you know, how much account do you take of that? And it's interesting because even uh, people that are kind of not partisan on this say in the story about this frog that they expect there may be, as there have been in previous occasions with these big projects, some uh, change uh, to the routing of the of the highway so that it may be moved, you know, a little bit here or there without really costing any money or doing anything that's going to, you know, stop. Yeah, and that, that would be known as like Frog Corner or something like that. <laughs> that. That weird diversion in the highway. Why is that there? Well, that's Frog's Corner. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things where I think Vass uh, put her, put, you know, hit the nail on the head, which is that we just have to, without people being obstructionist, and there's a discussion going on here as part of the debate, that uh, you know this is just the federal government sticking its nose in. Uh, but uh, it's one of those things where, you know, there, there, there's, as usual, a balance and moderation in all things could provide the answer to this whole thing. I didn't want to start in on a different uh, uh, subject because uh, we would just have run up against the clock and nobody would have had a chance to comment. So I will uh, say thank you on this Friday to Vass Bednar, Executive Director of the MPP and Digital Society at McMaster University, Courtney Betty, a Toronto lawyer with Betty's Law, and Jerry Agar, of course, host of the Jerry Agar Show from 10 until 12, and he'll be back at 9.50 to discuss the issues of the day uh, with me. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45, weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.